Welcome to an all-new episode of Close Talking. I am one of your co-hosts, Connor McNamara-Stratton. And I am your other co-host, Jack Rossiter-Munley. Let me tell you, it's strange to be talking to you on a Wednesday morning because I'm used to Friday. I like Fridays, but it's National Poetry Month, and we've got a special treat that we have never, ever before done and we have no idea how it's going to go. But we're excited. Full eyes, clear hearts can't lose, right? That's what I tell myself every night before bed. And very quickly, before we get into the episode and introduce this special series, if you enjoy Close Talking, it would mean the world to us if you hopped over to the iTunes store. And if you haven't already dropped in a rating and review, we've been thrilled to get a couple of ratings and reviews over the course of this poetry month. And it would be a wonderful way to close it out to get just a couple more in there. So aside from being the last week of Poetry Month, Connor, why is this week so special? It is Haiku Week, which means we're going to have one new episode every single day for an entire week, which is crazy. From now until the end of this April. This great National Poetry Month 2019. And the episodes won't be as long. They are going to run around 10-ish minutes. So... In sort of honor of the brevity of the haiku, we're going to be aiming towards brevity of the podcast. And also in honor of the haiku, we've got a seven-day schedule. Seven syllables are often in a haiku, although we'll be getting to that. I mean, we will be getting to that. It's all connected. Yeah, how this is kind of going to go, we're just going to sort of have a little topic sort of that'll structure each episode. Um, And the goal here is not by the end to have you feel like, you know, you are masters of the form. Because frankly, we are not masters of the form. Far from it. But if you're like me, you've been taught haiku from a very early age. And let me tell you, there's some misconceptions. People got some ideas in America and elsewhere and in the the English speaking world uh, about haiku that I've been learning doesn't really hold up. And so we thought it would be cool if we treated these as more taking a preconception, taking a preconception and um, examining it and opening it up. The idea is more to explore the boundaries and the multitudinous varieties within what would seem to be and what is popularly taught and thought of as a pretty rigid and small form that actually is bursting with possibilities. So we're excited. So without further ado, first, a very brief history of the form. Does that sound good? That sounds amazing. Connor, where did haiku come from? Oh my God. Let me tell you, Jack. You thought I'd never ask. I really thought you'd never ask. Okay. So obviously it started in Japan. Um, It started probably, and here's actually something that I'm not sure, is it gained prominence and respect starting in the 1600s in Japan. 
Uh, it may have been, it obviously had been developed before then. I'm not exactly clear on its, its precise origins. Specifically, the poet Basho uh, is largely responsible for invigorating the form in the 1600s. And he is also considered sort of the ultimate uh, master, the godfather, the great-grandfather of haiku. Um, and we'll be talking about him a lot. Um, and interestingly, here's something that I didn't know. At first I was like, haiku, it's this little ditty, it's this little thing, and then you hear it and you're like, um, okay, now what? Like, one of my favorite haikus, uh, one of my favorite haiku is by, uh, Kobayashi Isa, which is, um, all the time I pray to Buddha, I keep on killing mosquitoes, which I love. I feel like it's light, it's fun. It's got that little tension between this sort of sacred of praying to Buddha, trying to be uh, peaceful, and then in that act, you're killing a mosquito, creating this violent act. But beyond that, and there's more, it sort of confused me for a long time, you know, how this form got going if it was so short, I suppose. Um, and then I learned that haiku originally came from a kind of poetic game, which was called Renga, which I am currently obsessed with, and I'm devising ways to play it with all my friends. Stay tuned on that. And we should say, if any of you out there want to do Renga and tell us about it, that would be pretty awesome because oh. I'm also trying to find ways to get people to do it. And if you do it, tell us about it. Please do. Um, so Renga was basically like, there was like a master poet kind of thing who was traveling around 1600s Japan and he'd show up to someone's house. They'd have a bunch of people there and they would start composing Renga, which was a series of what we now refer to as haiku, um, essentially a bunch of linked verse. Um, and so how it would kind of go is the first haiku is called the hoku, um, which would be written by the guest. Um, and this would be kind of like, imagine you're visiting you know, a friend's house and you're like, oh my God, your, your decor is so marvelous, blah, blah, blah. That was kind of the tone of what the hoku was. It was like a praising and commemorative uh, little haiku to start. Um, it also had some requirements. It had to say the season and it had to indicate the session. And the session would be like, what are you looking at while you're writing it? That sort of also indicates the season. So as an example, here's one that I love. That's by Basho, actually. The hoku is breaking up this autumn's night, the stories you tell. And so here, from what I've heard, you know, this is a praising of, of the evening. We have the autumn. Um, and we have the stories that are the session. 
and we have this lovely evening that the host is sort of providing. Then the next haiku is called the waki, um, which is by the host. And the host has to do something self-deprecating in response. So I say, oh, I love your decor. Oh my gosh, decor, decor, decor. And then the host is like, ah, I got it at a yard sale, like LOL Ikea <laughs> kind of thing. It was nothing. <laughs> it was nothing. Oh, yeah. This whole, yeah, I just threw it together the other day. <laughs> and so as an example, the Waki after that Hoku by Basho, um, which went breaking up this autumn's night, the stories you tell. Um, Shayo, his waki was waiting for the moon rolled up in a futon, which I love. That's so uh, fun. It's so fun. It's got the element, so it's related to the autumn night. You can picture them. Um, and it's got the moon. And so we have a, you know, a sense of the atmosphere, but then it's sort of undermined by the kind of very casual, uh, silly nature of being rolled up in a futon. Um, and then basically you keep going around writing haiku. The main, there's a lot of rules, but the main rule that I learned is that the first and the second haiku have to be related to each other. And the second and the third haiku have to be related to each other. The third haiku cannot, not, 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 be related to the first haiku. It's very crazy, and it took me a long time to understand it. It's sometimes called disjunctive linking. But basically, it's like there's no linear narrative. And so you have to find something from the second haiku to go with your third haiku, but it has to depart fully from where you began. Um, and so, as you imagine, it, it'd be kind of like a, a very clever game of telephone where you you slowly depart from, from where you began. Um, but this was like a game that people played and there were even um, judges, I think, and they got points. Depending um, on how intense your evening was gonna be. Yes, and Basho basically made a living it seems by being like like master ranga poet who just would go around and he'd be like the entertainer and uh just be like oh i'm brilliant so give me your money i love imagining him as a poem hustler going from town to town just being like <laughs> oh yeah ranga i guess we could do some i don't know i haven't done it in a while i have to dust off my quill <laughs> and then it was just like, bam, 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 bam. All right, gotcha. Basho out. Basho um, out. In honor of this first episode, Connor and I have a a little uh, haku and awaki for you to close out this discussion of the very origins of the form. We do. We've um, we've decided we're gonna we're gonna be writing a ranga. Uh, we're gonna keep it going. For each episode, we're going to give you a little bit more. Um, so in this version of the Ranga, long distance Ranga, as I am in Minnesota, and uh, Jack is in the beautiful city of New York, I am the guest. Yes, this. in this in this Ranga. 
the yes. role of honored guest will be played by Connor McNamara Stratton and I am. Host by myself. <laughs> so here's what I came up with. Spotting Brooklyn blossoms from the plains, a snowless white as snow. And in response, I say, the air is cold with pine, or is it juniper? And does it matter? <laughs> Beautiful. Serving it as a model, because I still get tripped up a little bit, especially with the season and stuff. So it's like, you know, I've got the Brooklyn blossoms. Um, I'm talking about the session, which is like, sort of lol in this situation because i'm not actually in brooklyn but i'm imagining looking the great distance to brooklyn um and and i'm praising uh great brooklyn for not being the frigid cold minnesota that had a literal blizzard in april and i in my response am acknowledging and in my own way, imagining the cold. And it's been a, a little bit chilly here, but nothing crazy. And I'm sort of downplaying my connection to nature here being in the city where it's sort of like any scent of nature on the wind is like great. And I would love to be able to identify it, but just the fact that I can see some nature and feel a little bit natural here in the big city is like a huge gift. So that's where my little my little response comes from. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right, and now to finally close out without any discussion or explanation, we'll just read the two parts, the hoku and the waki of our starting out our haiku week renga. Spotting Brooklyn blossoms from the plains, a snowless white as snow. The air is cold with pine, or is it juniper? And does it matter? Hey, everybody, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode in our special haiku week. We're going to be back tomorrow with an episode on syllables in haiku, one of the big topics in haiku. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, if you have thoughts on it, if you have ideas for future series we could do or poems we could cover in our usual read it, talk about it, read it again format, we would love to hear from you. You can always write to us via email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash close talking or on Twitter at close talking or on our newly more active Instagram, which is at Close Talking Poetry. Also, if you and any of your friends do start writing Renga and you would like to share them with us, please do so, and you can do that through any of those channels. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.